0: I could stay over tonight if it would make you feel any better. No. No.
1: Just on the couch or something. No. Maybe just the couch.
2: You should be more worried about waking up and finding Paul humping your leg.
0: Welcome to episode 54 of The Movie Mixtape, episode 54. 5 plus 4 is 9, 9 plus 1 is 10. 10 out of 10 is the marks we're giving you for listening to this episode of the podcast. And joining me, as always, to my left, sucking on a red Twizzler and reading Dostoevsky on a shell phone, It is Marcy Dale.
2: (laughs) Hello, Marcy. How are you (laughs) doing? Hello. Hi. Quick question before I ask you how you're doing. Wait, were we're shelf. Was that a real thing? Where the shell phone. I don't remember that. This movie isn't that old. Yeah.
0: Is the shell phone in the film a real thing? Yeah. It is absolutely 100% not a real thing.
2: Oh. I they
0: made they they meant they made that for the film oh but we'll talk about that okay, later okay. we'll talk about I that really later i would
2: like one that's all i was gonna say so <laughs> lots of people but other one. than being disappointed that that's not a real thing i'm okay how are you doing <laughs> i am
0: fine i forgot to say what my name is my name is dirk
2: <laughs> nobody so forgets marcy your name just,
0: no marcy could have just said my name to me no i, and then I, I thought would have had i'd to,
2: keep up with the theme of not saying your name Perfect. Yeah.
0: Perfect.
2: It is your pick, after all. So, why would we say your name, you know?
0: Exactly. Why would anybody <laughs> say my name
2: on your podcast, I on I, your pick? I was, for your this movie. is not my
0: podcast. <laughs> we know whose podcast this is, don't we, Mikey? Right. Um, the boss. The we boss. Know who are the bosses? Marcy Dale. <laughs> and that brings in the person to my right. We just made sweet, beautiful love, <laughs> but only so we could pass on a demonic
1: curse. <laughs> It is Mikey P. How are you doing, Mikey P? Hi, Dirk. Hi, Marcy. Dirk, who gave who what? Who's the giver here? And who's the taker?
0: (laughs) If you're asking who's the chicken and who's the egg, I don't have an answer. (laughs) But all we know is that we shared something carnal, spiritual, Mm. and ultimately demonic. Again. (laughs) For the fifth time this week.
2: I guess Friday is <laughs> your day with uh, Mikey, and Sunday mm-hmm. is your day with me. <laughs> Today is Friday, exactly.
0: everybody. we've got to spread me around <laughs> like like I'm butter on a toast, piece of toast. Hashtag well, well, spread dirt. <laughs> God, you cause an involuntary cough. Then my asthma <laughs> kicked off at your sexiness. No, anyway, hello. That's that done in it. You know who we all are now, and this is our second episode in our undercover mixtape what are you talking about dude? undercover mixtape what does that even mean well sit down put your seatbelts on let me explain what we do here we are a podcast of three amazing friends amazing friends and what we do is we share movies that we love with each other to create a mixtape and every four episodes are based around a theme and the current theme is called undercover you know like how when you've watched a film and you really liked it and you go on the internet and you search for a podcast about that film and you listen to it and they don't like it and they poop poop all over that film you just love that's not going to happen here because we one of us at least one of the three here at least one of the three sometimes two sometimes even all of us love the film we're talking about and we want to bring that love into your pod holes. okay <laughs> <laughs> and the film we'll be talking about later on is my pick for this undercover mix. And this is our episode that will be closest to the Halloween holiday. Is it a holiday festival? <laughs> oh, my God. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And so we've gone for, Seems I've safe. gone uh-huh. for a spooky choice. Mm. I've gone for It Follows from 2014, directed by David Robert Mitchell. That's what we'll talk about later.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
3: Now you got
0: it. Now you know what's going on. Now you don't have to. You can stop writing that down. There won't be a test.
1: It's just for fun.
2: (laughs) How are we all doing?
1: Yeah. Getting ready for Halloween that you mentioned. Yeah. Definitely ready for that. Mm -hmm. Are we ready?
2: Well, we're doing Zubu tomorrow, so I'm very excited.
1: What is that? Zubu. What the heck
2: (laughs) is that? Zubu Zubu is when you go to our zoo and then there's like people handing out candy throughout it. I don't know. We're bringing Kaya's trick or treat bag, but the candy will be ours, not Kaya's. I'm sorry. Uh, but she's going to be a little unicorn and I don't uh, did I send you the unicorn pic? I know I sent you the bag. No. The unicorn's really cute. And then she gets us
1: confused with her other She's crawling
2: now. So when she's in the unicorn costume crawling around, she looks like a little pony. Oh. <laughs> it's really cute. So I'm very she shocked. She probably looks
0: like a unicorn, Marcy.
2: Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Unicorn, my bad. Unless Not a it's pony.
0: a really terrible costume.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be fun. And even if we, like, I don't know, just get to look at animals and she gets to be in her costume all day, then, then that was worth it. So
0: zoo booth tomorrow. Yep. So are they making all the animals spooky? Are they like painting a skeleton on the gorillas? No,
2: but they might give them like pumpkins to play with and stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen that like at your zoo, but they'll do that occasionally. And then what we're doing the following weekend is we are going to um, this, I don't know what you would call it, a horse farm, I guess. And we're doing a horse (laughs) trick-or-treat and they are dressing the horses up and you go and get candy at their (laughs) stables.
0: I'm trying to imagine planting horses in the ground and growing them. <laughs> oh, I don't know how that works. What do they call them? They call them ranches, don't they? Ranches. I, with cowboys I, and cowgirls.
2: You know more about American culture than I do, so.
0: Well, I've just proven it. Got all that from listening to the Spaghetti Freddy podcast with cowboys <laughs> in it. The best thing I ever saw at a zoo, right? One time I went I went to the zoo looking at the chimpanzees. One of them was sat on a big tree having a sit. And he cupped his hand underneath his bottom, <laughs> and did a poo into his hand, then brought it up to his face, sniffed it, and then he ate it. That's the best thing I've ever seen at a zoo. It's incredible. I think it was a YouTube <laughs> video you saw. Were you really uh, there? I was there. The whole place freaked out. <laughs> uh, you cannot imagine. You cannot imagine the ecstasy of everybody <laughs> looking at this chimpanzee like, he, whoa, he's pooed in his hand. Oh, he's sniffing. <laughs> is he gonna eat it <laughs> and he did and there were cheers we were high-fiving each other it's like in wolf of wall street when they just sold some stock to some idiot we all like mm. chest bumping
2: oh my god i was gonna say this sounds mm-hmm. like a horror movie and in know it's so free watching <laughs> that <on. laughs> oh my god well
0: thank That'd you for sharing though, going to the zoo it's always I, good going to the I zoo love right the
2: zoo. yeah we have a family pass so we get to go like all year and probably we'll get that again because I, I could go all the time I love zoos I, I think you both know this We've got family passes as well for our zoo mm-hmm. I mean, how
0: could you not When monkeys poop in their own hands Chimpanzees <laughs> Chimpanzees are the closest genetic relative to humans Did you know that?
2: They're probably more evolved than us If we're being honest so Well, I don't know
0: I've never seen a human poop in their hand Sniff it and then eat it
2: You haven't been to the dark side of the internet then <laughs> <laughs>
0: so,
1: You know what? I could probably find that quite easily, couldn't I?
3: Yeah.
1: I thought she was going to say, in the dark side of Pittsburgh. That's like what I, some that's what I was going to say.
0: Although knowing Marty and her vendettas, it would have been the dark side of Philadelphia.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got some
1: good for- feedback on our Wolf of Wall Street episode. And I think like a lot of people have out there just because we were on, uh, we had a debate sort of on that episode, and I think it made for a good conversation. So, because mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, Dirk was talking about how we vibe to the same movie, or maybe there's just one or two of us. And I'm actually really interested in this mm. episode and how we what we all thought about this. I feel like it could be polarizing. Mm. It's definitely an ambiguous movie.
2: Hmm. Interesting, it is an
1: ambiguous movie. That's well put. That's well put,
0: Mikey. It is Mm -hmm. purposefully ambiguous, I think. Who gave you good feedback? Was it Martin
1: Scorsese? Martin, Marty, what did he know? He was talking to me about we were talking Barbie or something the other day, (laughs) me and Marty. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he wanted to know. Um, down Lucasfilm Ranch
2: (laughs) with all the horses, Marty
0: planted a load of horses in the ground. (laughs) Mm
1: I heard that from my mom, though. She gave good feedback. And uh, Karen actually had some good feedback. I was actually visiting her last weekend in New York, went to a Trevor Noah stand up comedy special. <laughs> and I was explaining Dirt before the show who Trevor Noah is. Wait,
2: you don't and know who Trevor Noah is?
1: I don't think he would. Have. He's not like a.
2: But he's like a world renowned comedian
0: yeah Uh, that's what americans say all the time when people are famous in their country
2: no he's from (laughs) south africa he's not from here he's famous
0: i said famous in your country i didn't say he was from your country (laughs) i said famous in your country i've never heard of trevor noah when mike he's already told me a little bit of this story and even when he started talking then and he
1: said trevor i I had no idea what how do you say next
2: how do you not know trevor noah that's so interesting to me Put her
1: back with an English comedian or something. Do you know John Oliver? (laughs) I know John Oliver because he's in the
0: Smurfs. He's a voice actor in the Smurfs. Oh
2: my god! What Mm -hmm. about Stephen Colbert?
0: He's a cool bear.
2: And you never saw polar bear. Never saw anything with Conan O'Brien.
0: Yeah, The Simpsons when he's in The Simpsons. Well, he
2: wrote (laughs) The Simpsons back Mm -hmm. in the day. This I think you've so... got to get over
0: this whole idea that people like Conan O'Brien outside of America. Oh,
2: God. But, no, yeah, no, no you got to no, watch yeah. his, like, uh, his, like, when he goes to different countries, everybody loves him. But the Japan one is really funny because he's so much taller than everybody else
0: Everybody he... loves the rich American guy with a camera following yeah. him around. Yeah. I mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. wonder, wonder why that works. <laughs> I've, got no, I've got no issue with any of these people, but I, I have no need for them in my life. I'm glad that Mikey went to see a show though. Tell me about that, Mikey. Let's get it away from me. Mikey's trying to share a positive experience that he's gone on with Karen. A nice date he's gone on with his partner, and Marcy's now interrogating me because (laughs) I don't know who the person is. I'm just
2: so fascinated under what rock you're living under. (laughs) Marcy, we're separated by a massive ocean, (laughs) right? I don't know if
0: you know about that, but fish swim over that ocean and it takes them months to get from from one side to the other.
2: How many times have I had to educate you on somebody from your own country?
0: though? (laughs) Never. Name one person.
2: (laughs) Steve McQueen. Who's that? The director, we did uh, Lovers Rock. Stephen McQueen,
0: I know who he is, Butch Dance and the Sundance Kid.
2: No, oh my (laughs) god, no, he wasn't even in that movie. The actor wasn't even, oh Jesus Christ, I just want to die. No, (laughs) not the actor. I'm talking about the director.
0: (laughs) I
1: know who he is, we did an episode on it. I'm acting purposely annoying for you.
2: Oh my god. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we're trying to retain listeners, Dirk. Please, everybody, turn it off after he said, "I don't need Conan O'Brien in here." You don't well, want to mess with the Cocoa Army. there's seventy-eight
0: percent of people in America are listening to this, you know, because we've still got a solid twenty-two percent from Europe. That's true. So they're they're on my side. If we ever make it over the Atlantic, that's the name of your ocean, not mm-hmm. our ocean. Our mm-hmm. ocean is not called that.
1: All I want to say was like, yeah, it, it's it was great to see. Uh, 'Cause he's been on a world world tour apparently and in sold out. Like,
2: apparently e- everywhere York. but England. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, he added more shows even for New York. I think back in when I was coming up, I had like a idea that I would do like stand-up comedy one day. And this would be like a challenge I would face. That and try out for SNL, those are two things I think I fantasized <laughs> daydreamed about. So I used to study like stand-up comedians and Eddie Murphy's like Delirious comes to mind. I used to study that back and forth and know everything it's unlistable almost today though like it's, <laughs> like you couldn't say half these jokes but it is an art form and i was his was very loose there was good segues some were good some were really poignant i it wasn't political at all he's known uh over here at least for like the political satire show uh the daily show over here but that didn't really come up i expected like a bunch of gaza strip stuff jokes or something like that to come up but he stayed away from that but it was very good And it's just great. I think this day and age, kids are not, they weren't kids. Let's be real. They were all people like uh, our age, but they were out, you know, you could watch at home and watch TikTok videos all day, but they chose to go out and see a show, see a comedian and support the arts. I loved it. I haven't been in the city a long time, so it was good. Oh, nice. Recharged.
2: I love Trevor Noah, so I mean, I've never seen him live, though, but I watch his specials a lot, and I used to watch The Daily Show, but I, yeah, I'm very excited, you know, they're making his book and, like, his memoir into a movie? Wow. Yeah, so, and Lupita is gonna play his mom.
1: Wow, that's mm-hmm. good casting. This yeah, gonna be like that rock show though, like Run Young Rock. Will it? They'll give it. No, it's you gonna, gonna to be so an actual
2: be. movie. Like because his story is so fascinating. Mm. Because because he's biracial, it was illegal for biracial children to live in South Africa the time he was born, and his mother still had him, and so he just. Had a lot of issues growing up in South Africa and stuff, and then just him overcoming all of that. It's a really good book. I, I like it a lot. And um, I think the center of the movie is going to be his mom, though. And so that's why they have Lipita mm. and Nyongo playing her. You should read his book. It's born. It's called Born a Crime. That's the title of the book. It's a really
1: good book. Yeah, Dirk. Somebody you never heard of before. You should read their book.
2: Yeah, Dirk. You should read Maybe the book that Maybe I tell that's you to how I'll read.
1: I know him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll read uh, Pierce Morgan's memoir just to. Oh my equal. God! What?
0: Don't be, don't <laughs> be acting like Pierce the Morgan only is somebody one I I, like. I don't
1: know. I'm thinking you know, of some, some You're going to say next, there. eh?
0: hey, you know, wait. James Corden. Oh <laughs> God! It. You know, you we send over so many of our British people to your country that I don't feel like I need <laughs> to sort of invite you with with any names because half the people in your TV shows are British, right? Aren't they? <laughs> Aren't they? I'm pretty sure they all are. Get, get get, The Wire. Look at any episode of The Wire. Half <laughs> the cast is British doing an American accent. I was going to say The Walking uh, Dead. <laughs> in The Walking Dead. Exactly.
1: He's I the, was I mean, actually shocked. I didn't know last episode when you said in our Notorious episode that you said Cary Grant was British. I did not know what? that. What? Really? And what's his other face? To
0: face? What was Claude his name? Claude Rains. Thank you. Claude Rains You're he was. Welcome. And well, his kind of And, and
2: Hitchcock,
0: Hitchcock, is yeah. British, and yeah.
1: But I know a there we go. Graham. <laughs>
2: there we go. So that
0: episode's finished. We won Britain 3, Flogged the I'm trying to Sweden plug 1, the thing. I'm America to plug 0. The
2: Come on. Nazis <laughs> well, yeah, still if you have listened to
0: the notorious <laughs> episode. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the notorious episode, you should go and listen because it was a wonderful talk and Marcy's getting very anxious about it. So you need to go back and listen to it. <laughs>
1: No Conan O'Brien slander on that episode. Do not no. worry.
0: If you want to... There's no Conan O'Brien slander in this episode. What there is, is there is just a knowledge vacuum. And one that is not needed to be filled.
2: He, he okay. would like him, though. That's the thing.
0: Marcy, there's many people in this world I would like. I spend my time occupied um, listening to people I dislike. So we can fuel the flames within me. And I can incite a revolution. Okay?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you want me to sit down here and just accept it? Or do you want me to get angry about it and do something?
2: I just want to talk about the movie now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good. About time. you would come around to my way of thinking.
2: (laughs) This was your plan all along. (laughs) This is what I
0: just wanted to do. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to talk about It Follows from 2014, directed by um, David robert mitchell starring what's she called micah monroe micah, micah monroe. monroe micah monroe mm-hmm. this is the synopsis for the movie well first i'm just going to tune the radio in guys mikey <laughs> i'm just tuning in the radio mikey <laughs> All right, okay I'll, I'll it, yeah. i'm just I'll... tuning it in now <laughs> <laughs> oh i've just put the radio on no don't worry. okay here's a radio station welcome to ITF Radio and our weekly pillow talk segment (laughs) where you, the listener write in with your tales of love our first letter comes from someone who simply refers to herself as Jay she writes my story starts like many others with girl meets boy Hugh was special sure, he wouldn't let me in his house and he randomly ran out of the movie theatre but I thought he just didn't warm to carry Grant, you know I would look into his eyes and see a twinkle that could only mean love or extreme anxiety Soon I was ready to give myself unto him We slid into the back seat of his car after he'd parked up outside an abandoned mental institution (laughs) late at night It was perfect but I really should have expected what happened next. After my flower had embraced his stalk, he drug me <laughs> unconscious, tied me to a wheelchair, and baited a malevolent supernatural entity that would now stalk me until it had killed me. How could I have been so naive? And so I rebound, sleeping with greasy-haired old flames. Maybe some dudes on a boat, but that scene was quite ambiguous. <laughs> Despite these efforts, the entity continued to follow me or turn up on my roof as my granddad with his Willy out.
3: <laughs>
0: At my lowest point, though, I suddenly had an emotional epiphany and I remembered Paul, the simp. So please, <laughs> oh, listeners,
3: oh
0: cross your fingers that I can palm off this curse. As I'm pretty sure Paul would agree to have sex, even if it meant having all of his bone broken by an invisible tall guy who is creepy <laughs> as heck. <laughs> it follows. That is the synopsis of It Follows. Very good. Very good. Oh my so god! So y- this is my pick for undercover mix. Mm-hmm. Why did I pick it?
2: Well, I told you what I thought the other day. Yeah. I thought I had a great a epiphany. I thought because you get scared and you cover your eyes while watching. Yeah. But and that would
0: absolutely it, have
2: worked. That he told me no. So I actually, I just thought I'd let you explain why why this person undercover. It
0: is because, at the entity, the titular it that is following, can appear as anyone, and it will often appear as somebody you know, and so it is in essence going undercover with its disguise. Yeah, you see, well, okay. you like that. I'll take it. That's so that you'll take it. So that's why this is in the undercover mix. And absolutely because it was a scary movie to be released on uh, Halloween week. So there we go. That's why we're doing it this week. Um, I have plenty of thoughts on this, but Mikey, you sounded like you had lots of thoughts on this as well.
1: Mm, I did. Very first scene is a girl running out of a house. And the way it's filmed is sort of we follow her in one take. And then she runs. the way you're filmed, you're already drawn into the way this director films and that it feels very much you're in the scene. It's lived in. There's not cuts. It doesn't feel very cinematic. It's very much we're an observer of these events. And so she runs around. She runs. She looks scared. She's looking at past the camera. And this is the motif for the whole movie, really, where she, there's something going on behind us that we don't know. It's filmed very well where you're, you're in essence, like drawn into the film. And then I immediately with the music plays a huge part in this. There's like tones and there's just like a ringing or a, a hum in your ear the whole time. And it's really set off in this very first scene that it's ambiguous, like Kirk, Dirk said. I'm even like trying to look at like hidden messages right off the bat. The house, house number 1492, the year this bastard f- fell, fell into like South America and he discovered like some island or something. But that's, mm-hmm. like, that's like a year we always had to remember Christopher Columbus oh, came wow. over and discovered America. And so like immediately I'm like, there's going to be hidden messages in this. It's not going to be well-defined. I'm immediately drawn in from the first scene. And not like I love it. I just, I just need to know kind of where this is going. That was my initial experience. Mm-hmm. Like it. But Marcy has this face... That I can no, see Marcy's on the video face, here. Yeah, um, oh his
0: face lit up when you said something.
3: Mm,
1: hmm. Said something she didn't agree with. This no, is Wolf-Wall Street all over
0: no. again. Yeah. Oh. Said something she liked. I think. He picked <sighs> up um, on
2: it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. mentioned yeah. the music. I love mm-hmm. the score of this movie. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. But I just we'll would, get into it. I think it says a lot that this is a very this was a very small budget independent film that some buddy no offense Dirk but somebody like you eventually found it (laughs) and I think this is a word of mouth movie Mm, because I had heard how creepy it was I watched this when it was eventually out on blu-ray I didn't see it in a theater or anything like that but I remember hearing about it and just hearing how scary it was and Dan and I were living together (laughs) and I rented this movie and Dan um Dan hates scary movies, but Perfect. Our relationship was still <laughs> in that new phase where you pretend to like everything the other person likes. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? So yeah. we uh we were watching it and <laughs> and about halfway through we had every light on in our, our <laughs> <laughs> and even <laughs> I was freaking out. Uh but then the really funny thing was um after it ended, we both kind of were just staring at each other like what what do we do now and the funny hmm. thing was um i had tried to get dan to watch frozen many times before that and he was just like never it's never gonna happen and finally like after it follows i was like what do we do he's like what's the most opposite thing we could do he's <laughs> like we put on frozen so we watched frozen <laughs> <immediately sighs> after. So oh that's amazing that is um you know what this movie did to us um i i had only seen it the one time before this rewatch and um i you know i was dreading it because certain things stuck with me but we'll get into that and i really like this movie a lot it didn't scare me as much on this rewatch but it still like unsettled me and i think that that stands the test of time um for sure Mm -hmm. it does its job Exactly. Yeah.
1: You know what I just read the I read the summary of that film that Dirk was talking about. I just read it for It Follows. It says The Opposite of Frozen. That's the first opening line. (laughs) 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 But Dirk, you picked this movie. Why I wanna know what your experience is with Mm. It Follows. Well, pick it up on something Marcy said about like even
0: I found this movie. So how did I find it? I found it. Through, I found it through Letterbox. I think it's. It's obviously it's a quite a well-known film in terms of horror fans. But I'd watched. would watched a movie called Ginger Snaps, which is about um, werewolves teenage girls. A teenage girl becoming werewolves, and I'd wrote a review on that. And one of my friends who um, follows me on Letterbox said, "Oh, if you really liked this movie, you should watch It Follows." It took a while, but. And got round to it when I was sub, sub into Shudder and had like a day left of that. And I thought, well, I'll just watch something. And I picked it follows. And oh my goodness, Marcy, same as you. I had to have all the lights <laughs> whacked on in the house afterwards, which I've only about to do like one time before. And I was freaked out, mm-hmm. properly freaked out. Um, to the point whereby, um, when I watched it a few years back, any time I thought about this movie, I would get goosebumps, and mm-hmm. I would, I would physically like, I could have a visceral, a physical reaction to the film, and that's that is something, right? If, mm-hmm. if that has done that, then that they have achieved mm-hmm. a hell of a lot. Um, and what I really love about this film, um, in terms of it, its horrorness, is that it doesn't rely on jump scares, and it's genuinely chilling, mm-hmm. genuinely scary gets under your skin gets into your brain and makes you think about it rather than just being anxious the whole time about Mm -hmm. you know when somebody's going to pop out from behind a mirror or or something like that you you, you're constantly working in this film i think you're constantly kind of you've got that dread but you're you're scanning every scene and you're looking around the you know it's not going to jump out necessarily but you know this could be something there at any moment and it terrified me Mm -hmm. absolutely terrified me yeah. So I, I I never wanted to watch it again, Marcy. Either never wanted to watch it, it again.
2: It's funny that you say like there were specific things that like stayed with you and like would unsettle you, like just thinking. You know what? And mm-hmm. I have two specific things in this movie, and actually one of them is like we jokingly make like little cute, funny names on Riverside, but one <laughs> one is that bedroom scene where that huge tall oh, guy goodness. just comes in. I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like fuck that yeah well, fuck that.
0: so yeah what we're talking about is if you didn't get it from the synopsis so there is this curse that is passed through uh, basically having sex and our main character has sex with this guy who who then is kind enough to explain to her that she is now cursed and proves it by um strapping her to a wheelchair and letting her see the the, the physical embodiment of this thing, this it that, that will follow you slowly, very slowly um, until it gets you and it, and it kills you, but it can take the form of anything. So you can look like anyone. Uh, and in this one scene, Marcy's talking about it's in the house, you know, it's in the house, a window is smashed. She's already seen it downstairs, um, looking pretty grotesque. And she's, she's stressed. She mm-hmm. is stressed to the max in the room. And, um, open the door for one of their friends to come in and this gin- <laughs> this ginormous thin tall human being ghoul walks straight through the yeah. door out of the darkness and the first time you see that oh my goodness
2: yeah i think it's important to know too that if you are cursed only you can see these entities um, yeah. none of your friends can so part of like the part of i guess i don't know if fun is the right word but part of the appeal of this movie or like what makes it enjoyable is that she's she's asking for help but really you know at first nobody believes her which kind of falls into a lot of horror plots and and then eventually they're all like oh yeah we're gonna you know help you out and even though we can't see this this thing the tall guy does come back again though did you catch him does yeah
0: yeah Mm. i was
2: like oh they must have been like you we'll bring you back another day you can come back (laughs) you're really creepy
0: yeah apparently like that tall guy found it exhausting because they they did so they did like 40 odd takes of that and every mm-hmm. single time the the girl you know was freaking out in his direction and he was just like well, he could barely take it oh, you know, and about yeah. that, there was that much um um tension in the scene as well oh what's the other one that stuck with the
2: you? the other one that gets me so you did mention that this thing can turn into anybody you know too and um the guy that passes it along to her in the beginning he says this like really memorable quote like sometimes i think it turns into people you love to get close to you is that the quote uh but they yes
0: and i'll mess with you
2: yeah and they um they all go off to i think greg is his name they go off to like his like beach lake house thing to get away from it and they're all just having like an this movie okay in a weird just on a side note this movie reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite where you're like what year is it in this movie <sighs>
0: but i love that that's so intentional but that's
2: mean, it's like so intentional that's what napoleon dynamite always reminded me of like what what Hmm. year is it but i don't care like it's Hmm. fine i i really like it but also what time of the year is it because one day they're swimming in the pool the next they're on the beach with leg warmers Mm -hmm. i don't know but anyways i digress uh the other one that really sticks with me is they're all on the beach for whatever body of water it is. You see them all and then the one friend is walking to the beach and you're like, "Oh, okay, mm, there's yada. the other friend." And then when you actually see it's not her and you see the friend on the inner tube and like my heart just dropped when you realized, mm. "Oh god, it's yeah, it's it's actually the entity. It's not yeah. her friend coming out in the in the background yeah so that- that's my
0: favorite reveal I think mm-hmm. that's my favorite reveal because you see the friend Yara walking slowly in the background and whenever you see anyone walking slowly in the background and my, my heart is already racing a little bit and you're thinking but it is one of the friends so it's probably gonna be okay and they're just doing it as a bit of a bait and switch but then within about a 30 seconds to, to a minute we actually get a, sh- a shot of Yara sort of slowly floating in the background and you suddenly realize oh shit that mm-hmm. is the that is and the she talks entity. too
2: so you know it's actually her on the inner tube too she's like are you guys mm-hmm. getting in the water and you're like oh no <laughs> and then that's no. that's when like her hair gets lifted up and they start mm-hmm. to realize oh this is but it's also very important at that time that greg does not see any of that because that'll come back mm-hmm. later
0: stupid greg stupid
2: greg greaseball greg but yeah. <laughs> i want
0: to can i come back to what you said though about it mm-hmm. being like You can't tell what year it is and you can't tell what season it is. That was so on purpose, though. So Mm -hmm. um, I think the idea for this movie started embryonically based on the nightmare that he had as a kid of just being somewhere and then suddenly across the, like the playground or whatever, somebody would be staring at him and would just walk towards him and just follow him and how unsettling that was and and how that still creeped him out as an adult. And he remembered that. It was kind of drew from that, but also, um, the idea of making this film almost nightmarish. Cause like, did you get like a, a feel? We talked about the opening shot, but as soon as you see the opening, street i think halloween you know it looks i was gonna say
2: this totally reminds me of early john carpenter this whole movie yeah Yeah.
0: absolutely so it looks like a staple of any horror film doesn't it it could be set it could be from the 70s with halloween it could be it, it could almost be nightmare on elm street as, as well, that that sort of thing, and like you said, Marcy, it's leaves on the ground at, at one point, and then they're in bathing suits in in the next scene. But all of that was not continuity errors. That was to, to sort of try and disorientate you, okay? And for you to not kind of be set in a particular time or a place. And if you notice, there's like there's one cell phone, and it's right at the beginning of the movie when the first victim calls their dad, mm-hmm. and then there's no other technology like that throughout the entire film and we get little cathode ray tvs we get weird tvs stacked on top of tvs we get Mm -hmm. um that we were talking about the shell phone and how they just made that up in the movie that doesn't exist so that's not even something that um you could buy in a shop and the idea being as soon as you see like an iphone 10 well you know this took place in Mm -hmm. 2017 or or something like that so they wanted to, to to have this feel of, you don't know when this happened. This could be 20 years ago. This could be in the future. And as, in, in a way to to keep that kind of uncertain, to keep you a bit off your on your toes, I don't know, but I yeah. think it really works, right? Well, I think it really I think works. the
2: whole movie is so unnerving that, like, I didn't even think about that. But there is something, like, also unnerving about, like, not knowing. I think they are in Michigan because she says a couple of different things that I'm like, oh, they're in Michigan, okay.
0: Yeah, they're in Detroit.
2: Okay, Detroit, Michigan, yeah. So they're mm-hmm. like that, but I kind of like when it's... Like, just you have no idea. And it kind of just makes mm. everything else so much more confusing. And I I mean, if we're going to mention it, like one really cool thing, I mean, because you can't your own personal poltergeist is Cary Grant, you can't get away from him. <laughs> uh, but in the beginning, when they go to the movies, it is charade yes. with Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant. Mikey, did you catch that too? <laughs>
1: Is there a meaning to why there's that just, movie? I, on? I
2: just thought it was funny that like, well, we don't know what time it is. So that movie's from the sixties. Mm. So it's like, oh, okay, so could it be like the seventies and they're gonna go see that? Or um, but I just was laughing because it was like, ha, ha Cary Grant again, ha, ha gotcha Dirk. <laughs> so, <laughs> I forgot all about that. Um can I I didn't even yeah. pick
0: it up the first time.
2: I know. Well, I wanna just say something that like I totally forgot this beginning with the the first girl because mm-hmm. The scenes that I remember from my first watch are just so impactful that I just clearly remember those scenes that I totally forgot about the beginning girl. I forgot they were going to see Charade. I forgot all of these other things because I think this movie did such a great job at what it was supposed to that you remember like the tall guy or like Mm. her hair getting played with, you know, and things like that. I actually didn't even remember the pool scene at the very end. And we'll get into that Mm. later. But I have a quick question for both of you. Do you think, quote unquote, Hugh gave the curse to that girl in the beginning then and she didn't carry through? No.
1: I think because he says later on, he met a girl who gave it to you and he said he met a girl at a bar. I mean,
2: did he give it to her is what I'm saying. And she didn't carry through onto the next person and then she got it and then he.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. I think she gave it to him. Oh, he gave it her in the. Okay, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I thought it worked. Like, it kills if you don't pass it on. Yeah, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, she comes back as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so she comes back as the entity at, at one point. I don't know the answer to that. I think Hugh, who is the guy who gives it to Jay, has a, what he does, he's he's very strategic in how he offloads the curse, right? So he he, mm-hmm. he drives a distance away from his house. He rents he rents somewhere else to live. Probably driving back and forth from his where he, where he lives with his parents in this other house so that the entity has to keep walking back and forth <laughs> and buying him some time. Because I'm like, when you know that somebody is following him, I'm like, why are you queuing up to go and see a film? Mm-hmm. I would not sit down to watch a movie. But he obviously thought he'd bought himself mm-hmm. some time by yeah. going backwards and But this and is forward. why
2: I think he passed it to that girl in the beginning and then realized... I think that's when he realizes what happens to the pattern because how else would he know that once you die, it goes back to the yeah. next person. So that's, that was my guess is that-
0: Well, and, and I think the other thing to that is Hugh doesn't know. Yeah. I, I think as well, also a little bit, he's, he's, he's got his set of ideas as to what happens, but I mean, we never really know, do we? You never really mm-hmm. find out. What I, what I love, which I didn't realize the first time either, but I must've watched this about three times this week. Having said I'd never watch it again, but the first girl, Annie, she that is not the first time she's been chased by that entity if you see what if you watch what she does she runs out of the house into the street and she stops and waits in the street and somebody there in the road says are you okay do you need any help and she quite calmly says no i'm okay mm-hmm. um, and then after a few minutes more she runs around gets back in the house gets in the car and drives off so she, she she's familiar with this thing she's lured it into the street so she can get back in the house and get in the car and i think What's happened is she's given up. Then she's going someplace to die, and she doesn't want to die at home in front of her dad. Because what she just drives to the beach and she sits she down on the waits. beach and she waits. Yeah. She just waits. So I think she's given up at that point. She can't take it anymore, mm-hmm. which I never got the first time. But like that kind of like how much it must like exhaust you. Mm-hmm. And how, you know how much can you actually take? Being constantly, constantly looking over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then also kind of like, which leads to like the end too, like, do you really want to pass it on and be responsible for someone else having uh, this and dying possibly, or them just passing it on? Like, do you really want all of that on you? Maybe she's a good person and she just couldn't find it and yeah. like, you know, like in herself yeah, to yeah. pass it on. Yeah.
0: Any scenes that stayed with you, Mikey, when you were watching
1: it? I will say, just to go back to some things that were spoken about, when my kids get scared... I tell them things that I used to do when I was a a kid. And now what I say is like, it's your imagination actually doing most of the scaring. And what I want you to do is, because they're into storytelling in different ways, think about what it is that's scary. And if you had to recreate it somehow, like in a comic or like in a movie that you're going to be directing, what is it about what's scaring you right now that you can recreate? Because that's harder. And one of the things that I always thought about was, it's sort of like, it's not so much jump scares that scared me, but it was that feeling of being looked at from a distance. And that creepy, slow approach to the camera mm-hmm. was exactly kind of like what I envisioned. That, that's, that scary thing that somebody's just coming at you, or what is that in the distance? Like somebody's looking at me in a distance. And it's almost like um Midsommar, I think people talk about, like that was a different horror movie because – all the lights are on. It's it's daytime all the mm. whole time, and that's that's like a challenge limitation to make a horror movie that's daytime all the time. And this was a, a horror movie limitation where we're not going to rely on jump scares, like Dirk said. We're going to do these long, slow takes. You're going to be living in the scene, and it's not going to it's going to be your own like. uh And the music plays such a key factor in this, but it's your own tension inside you building up. I thought it was directed very methodically in that way, very conscious decision to to do those things, and it came it came out it. Cr- it did, especially on a low budget, like it relies on filmmaking techniques, which I mm-hmm. thought was great.
2: Yeah, I feel like this movie also, like the whole time you're watching it, you feel like you're being watched.
3: Mm. Do you mm. get that
2: feeling too? Or did you get that feeling? Like, I, like there's I, something like the way that it kind of it reminds me. Especially how Dirk brought up Halloween, but it kind of, like, when you know Michael Myers is watching somebody in the first Halloween, mm-hmm. there were points in this movie where it, I think it might be, it's supposed to be the entity watching them, whatever they're doing, the group of friends, mm-hmm. and, and it right. just gives you this, like, somebody's watching you feeling. I don't know, I, it's really creepy.
1: And that's some of the scariest parts of Halloween, where she looks out the window and he's just standing there. Mm-hmm. It's not really so much like the killing or the slashing, it's just, he just kind of, like, appears, slow, like mm. a slow entry into a room, where from a distance, when she's looking at her outside he's looking at the house those was, are was the scariest parts to me in the movie and i mm-hmm. think that that was sort of captured in this movie thinking about that what you were saying there mikey i think my favorite
0: scene and favorite shot in the entire film is they're trying to find hugh the guy that um, gave the curse to Jay and they, they find a picture of him and they take it to these, and he's, in, he's wearing, there's wearing a, um, a varsity jacket or a letterman jacket, whatever you call it. And so they trace it to the school. They go to the school, take the photo to show someone and they do that. You do that incredible 360. Mm. It, you're inside the school, but you start by, they start sort of by looking out onto the, the what do you call it? Like, um, the, the grass or whatever. And very slowly pans around. And the very, and the first time, it goes around. And you, you, your eyes cannot help but notice there is somebody who is walking very slowly in a straight line from a from a far distance away with a backpack on. Uh, you know, it's like, and they they seem to just start in the middle of a wall. Do you notice that? Like, they you can they don't seem to be following a natural mm. path, do they? And then mm. it slowly goes around 360, and as it gets there, they're just a little bit further forward, and it goes round again. And all the while that's happening you are my my anxiety is ramping up and then there's a few little things like there's a few little sound bits in there like there's when when the door's out of shot you hear the door open and shut and then it zooms in on the on jay and greg i think it is and that's that kind of they're being watched then it sort of zooms Mm. all the way into them and oh, my God, that is just – I think that's magic. That's so good, that whole bit. And there's the sound coming in as well from um, Disaster Piece who does the score. Mm-hmm. But that always sticks with me. That bit um, – talking about the tall guy. That, for me, mm-hmm. and the uh, that bit and Yara being the entity are the ones that always stick with me and, and give me goosebumps and chills every single time. Mm-hmm.
1: I did, like, just from, like, an artistic way, just the small – detail shots too like the ant crawling up her arm in like the pool, mm. and like the squirrel and the bird on a wire the shot i think i didn't answer your question but like it's sort of too on the nose but when they're at the diner the first time so like that shot's really good too because when they're playing this game at the movie theater in the beginning of the movie and he goes you know they play this game who would you want to trade places with and he says something about you'd want to be the girl in the yellow and she's like what girl And he already knows he's like oh shit she doesn't see it we got to get out of here they go to mm-hmm. a restaurant and there's a long, slow zoom to behind through the window behind them at a restaurant, and you see somebody like walking in the shadows. That's the shot that it's kind of similar to what yours yours is. Mm. Um, but I wanted there's to say lots of it,
0: shots like that, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like they, they really create that kind of sensation in you that you're that you're scanning the background as much as the foreground every single shot, and that's why the slow takes work because they give you time to, live to do it. that. They yeah. feed your
1: your dread by doing that. It's kind of gimmicky, but when she gets, it comes out of nowhere, but she gets, I guess, chloroformed in the car after she has sex with this guy, Hugh, and she wakes up in a wheelie chair underneath the bridge, and the camera angle is sort of like a GoPro angle in front of her, Mm. and it feels like us, and we're looking in the background, and he's zooming her through, I guess it's that building, that's hollow House building, building, mm. and we're like following, uh, looking at her, so she's looking out, and we're following her in the chair. It's super cool. Um, one thing I'm going to forget about though, when we talked about the seashell thing, I did make a mistake in this because the seashell thing and we're that we're talking about, there's a reading device in one of her friends that she's reading like on this. I thought it was birth control to be honest with you, but it's like one of those flip (laughs) things. It's like a pink flip thing and it's a seashell and she's doing like a Kindle read of she's always reading books. It was so strange to me that I'm like, it, did that exist? Even Karen lived in Korea for a little while and she was telling me like the technology there's way ahead of us. So I was like, did this thing ever exist in Korea? But it I made a mistake. I was like, I need to know what this sh- seashell thing is and what the meaning is. I made a mistake because somebody said this is supposed to add to the dreamlike feel of this movie. And I was like, oh, it's like everything does it. it's, you know, it's not supposed to make sense. Like a dream is. But in a way, it was sort of cool because I'm like, I think I would have been hung up on some of the ambiguity of it. It's like, this doesn't make sense. The cell phone, this car is from 1965. Like, not, but that after I learned that, it's sort of like, okay, this is really cool that it feels like, um, nothing makes sense. Cause what's great about that too is most of these movies too, you, there's a lot of exposition, everybody kind of deciding what to do. What should we do here? And you don't know. And like, so when things happen, like she has sex with somebody that you don't know she was going to have sex with. Um, and you find out her reason later, it's sort of like a surprise. So I like that kind of like you're in it trying to like internalize the whole thing. Hmm. I like- Yeah, there's not a lot of exposition. Yeah, Sorry, Marcy. I
2: just like how there's like a, it kind of is like a lot of that he said, she said feeling. Like, hmm. so jumping a little bit ahead, like when Jay like finally decides to pass it along to Greg, um, Greg doesn't really believe in this whole thing. And Greg, no. Greg isn't, there also to see when her hair gets like lifted up like everyone else's and greg isn't in like the garage or the shed where the one's coming Mm. in and they're all seeing that and they all finally realize like this is real and he's and it's very important that he's not there for any of that um but what i love is like so she sleeps with greg and then the next scene is greg at a table with a bunch of girls and you think okay so greg did the thing right no (laughs) so um you know but like all this time goes by till it catches up Mm -hmm. i guess it was coming from the lake house that would make sense wait no they had sex in the hospital okay so wherever the hospital was i guess it was like (laughs) a little bit further away i have one quick question though i'm sorry just popped into my head jay gets a little x on her hand after her finger after she sleeps with hugh but i i never see it on anyone else's hand is that Am I crazy or is that part of everything? No, I
0: didn't know what that was either. I I, I thought she was just a tattoo, but she didn't have it at the beginning. Yeah, I thought it was no. like
2: that was the mark, like that you were the one with the, the most recent curse. Mm-hmm. So that's part I of- I thought
1: it even switched fingers too, I think. I wanted to go back and saw I thought it maybe switched Maybe it fingers.
2: does after Greg dies and then she mm-hmm. has it again. You know what I mean?
0: Silly old Greg.
2: Silly <laughs> old Greg was disgusting, by the way. Don't, don't sleep with a guy like Greg. Listen, everybody, don't sleep with a Greg. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but, um, okay. you
1: okay. do you do
2: think like he's going to get the job done because he's just a sleeves bag, but he doesn't. And, um, I kind of just wish this movie kind of falls apart a little bit. I still think this is an amazing movie, but it falls a little bit apart when you start to see behind the curtain. Like when you see how Greg dies, I think that takes a lot out of it. Mm. it's his also it's like his mom which is super weird mom like leave me alone and like I kind of wish she just wouldn't have watched it happen I kind of wish she would have just stayed out in the hallway Um, and then also the ending in the Pool, really And that's why I didn't remember that scene at all. The the whole CGI of it looks really bad with the CGI when when it's throwing objects at her in the book and mm. it just falls apart a little bit for me. But I still think this is like an amazing movie and just maybe like some of the choices I don't know. Like I just don't know how you uh show that what what the consequences of it
1: are hmm. better.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was like that whole what had to do with sex? Like why was it transferred in sex? And I was thinking of this comic called black holes that came out and it was about, um, you know, tr- sexually transmitted diseases and kids and <clears throat> kind of personifying that. And I don't, I don't know if there was like a connotation that or statement that was trying to be read about that. Uh, I think,
2: I think, well, well, like the big trope in horror movies is if you're not mm-hmm. a virgin, you're going to die. So I think that it plays into that a lot, obviously. But the thing that, i like but it also makes me sad and have empathy especially with jay is that and i don't know if this is like her first time having sex or whatnot but anyways when you have sex like it's supposed to be like this really special thing it shouldn't be something Mm. that scars you for the rest of your life Mm. and it shouldn't be something like you're afraid to do for the rest of your life so what going back to the beginning when she's in the pool and she's like floating and you see like nature it's like this really serene beautiful moment and i think it's supposed to be like this is like right before she loses her innocence as cheesy as that sounds Um, i think that's right and then like Uh after that you never get anything that like calm even after she passes it on and she's back in the pool or whatever happens but Mm -hmm. uh it just, I think it just really is smart that like sex is such a big thing in horror movies, and it's like, yeah, this this is what creates the monster, and yeah, you are gonna die if you have sex, <laughs> like, but unless if you keep passing it on. So I think that's where mm-hmm. like like part of the idea of of that trope comes in.
1: I, th- I think Paul, the character Paul, who's this guy, he's a really nice guy and he's really sweet, and they were friends early on, and he was. He, you could tell he's got a crush on her, he even asks, and I thought that's where it was going to go, but he says, like, why not me? Like, I you pass it on to me, and I'll take this burn off of you. And he's ultimately, I think it's meaningful. He's the one that ends up killing the it, quote unquote, in the pool, because I think it's like, this is the guy maybe she was supposed to be with, and he's like, kind of uh forgiving, not forgiving, but just like, accepting her past, and like... He still wants to fight for her, and I think there's something symbolic about that. But
2: mm-hmm. I, I love how her reasoning is. Well, I oh, know, no. I know, Greg's gonna get laid before you, so I love it, that—that
0: was the smart choice, right? I, mm-hmm. That you said, Marcy. That was the smart choice. You would think. I, you would think so. I, I share probably the same. Um, they're probably my least favorite bits too. Like. Seeing, seeing actually seeing the Greg die was was a, was a little kind of was not as cool as seeing Annie's broken leg yeah. on the beach with the with the heel. I mean, just that in itself I, was I think disturbing. A
2: hundred percent less is so much more, especially in horror yeah. movies. Yeah,
0: and I think we do have. I think this film is is less in that way you know the way that the entity is just slowly walking and apparently they did have plenty of times on the set when people would go are you sure this is going to be scary (laughs) are you really sure it's going to be scary um and but it is only when it finally comes together i think with the music that you understand how scary Mm -hmm. it actually is so fair play he had this idea and, and he made it work yeah but the the pool scene i think I didn't remember that either. And then I laughed when I watched it the first time and went, oh, this is the worst place to go, mate. Mm. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then, and then they start getting all the electrical stuff out. I'm like, are you kidding me? Cause we'd already heard that the, that the entity was slow, but not dumb, mm-hmm. you know? And so we, and we see, and we see that when the entity doesn't get in the water, but, but again, you might not like it i i didn't particularly love it but that was intentional it was supposed Mm -hmm. to be this whole idea that these kids are stupid they don't (laughs) know how to beat a a supernatural entity and they are making it up as they go along and Mm -hmm. so it didn't work you know that that was it was supposed to be a bit like that but it's
2: it's it's not so much it's just i think it's just the way the cgi looks when things are getting thrown that i was like it kind of throws you out of it no pun intended yeah but um I don't know what this movie would be without the score. Like, it is a character mm. itself. Like, that dread you feel that, you know, something is there. It is that humming or that something going on with the... And I, I just love that, mm. like, that do-do-do-do-do. Like, I can't even explain the score. It's yeah, so no, unique and beautiful. Just
0: even talking about it now, I'm getting goosebumps and chills. Because <laughs> it's so good it's like this synth score a bit it's very obviously it is Carpenter-esque but its carpenter but it has got elements of psycho in there as well mm-hmm. that kind of
2: like you know what it that. it kind of is is it's just like the baton being passed down because obviously Carpenter got it from Hitchcock Hitchcock Carpenter you get this guy you know what I mean so that's like why I think it's cool that like there are hints of previous horror movies mm-hmm. In the score, like paint like subtle homage to what came before mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah.
0: So they had, so they got this guy called Disaster Piece to do it, who is who does video games, um, who who did does a, a video does the soundtrack for a video game called Fez, which my mate Jack absolutely loves, and apparently so did David David Robert Mitchell, and we, he even used the theme um, of Fez as temporary score for his movie while he was mm. planning it out and he said to this guy Disaster please you've got 6 months 6 months to do this soundtrack okay and then a little bit later he went sorry it's 4 weeks and so he <laughs> did <laughs> oh, because uh, we've just been accepted uh, at Cannes Film Festival and we are showing in in oh, 1 wow. month wow. so you or whatever so you have you have 4 weeks to to make this so he did that in 4 mm-hmm. weeks that's okay. crazy yeah. it, and it's so perfect it's so perfect mm-hmm. i think my favorite because it's not it's not it's it borrows from john carpenter but it's not like halloween where it's a consistent theme like the scene Mm -hmm. the this the the score is different in the different scenes and we have a and i think my favorite one is the the first real entity that comes after jay which is the old lady in the hospital gown and then when she walks into the the college that theme is absolutely terrifying
1: I think besides the music, one of the things that really worked, because it is funny that you said some of the people on the set were like, is this scary? Are you sure? The cast was, they were really good actors, I thought. Another kid actor mm-hmm. success. And I think these, uh, the main actor, actor who I don't Can know. Can I she-
2: ask a fun question? If you guys know sure. it. Do you know who Micah Monroe dates in real life?
0: Oh, <gasps> as if we know that, Mikey. Paul Do you know who Micah
2: Monroe dates in real life?
0: Harry Grant's (laughs)
2: grandson. It's somebody you know.
0: So, all right, give me five seconds. Mm. Okay.
2: Are you looking it up? That's. that's, Oh wait, no. I'm not looking it up. I'm looking over there. I don't know. Um, it is. I'll say um, this: He's famous for a TV show.
0: Oh, okay. So I wouldn't have got it then. Uh, Kieran McCulkin.
2: (laughs) here no, no, no. <laughs> yeah no. That's no no she dates um and i'm so sorry I, I can't think of his real name but i can think of his character's name she dates steve harrington from stranger things oh yeah that's um, her boyfriend they've been together uh, for like six years
1: Yeah. it's funny oh, you nice. mentioned yeah. stranger things because that was one of my notes was that i got this came out in 2014 was do you guys know because I did, i don't didn't research. Was this any inspiration for Stranger Things? Because a lot of like the well, set design and a lot of the we're talking about the score. Stranger it just felt as, like Stranger as Things. As we covered
2: before. Stranger Things ripped off a lot of different things. Well,
1: <laughs> homaged a lot of things. But this was like not like in a, a classic life. like eighties uh-huh. movie. month like the phone on like just everything felt like out of like a different time. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if that was yeah, or if you guys thought of that too, or if I'm just I definitely watching. thought
2: some scenes of the music reminded me of music in Stranger Things for sure. Mm. Yeah. You know, Super it's Cynthia, isn't it? But I was also thinking of her boyfriend, too. So I was like, oh, mm. Steve Harrington, yeah, scoops ahoy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were talking to Master C, I think you sort of said, oh, was it you, Mike? You said about, you know, what does it mean? You sort of having sex and passing on, you know, what? what is the, the I guess, what is the symbolism behind that? I was really thinking about it this time. And I'll tell you what I thought. And then after I thought what I thought, I actually did go and look up to see what people were saying it meant. And and he's never said what he wants it to be. The only thing he said, uh, David, um, Robert Mitchell, is that it's not about sexually transmitted diseases. Okay. He said, it's not about that, but he's never said, you know, he's happy with the ambiguity. He's happy with that. People are just drawing mm. their own inference. It felt to me like it was a bit about trauma and mm. how, you know, when we see her, we see Jay dropped off by Hugh the very first time. I mean, she's dropped off in a terrible state mm. and she's, you know, she's, she's barely dressed and she's shaking. And it all, it looks like, she, you know, she's been through something very, very traumatic. And then we see, we we see in the house, we see, we never see the mum's face. We always see that whenever we see the mum, she's always turned away from camera and she's always drinking. And we see that she's passed out on the bed at one point and we just see her shoes, The dad's not around. And then later on the entity appears as a dad in the pool. Um then when they go to meet Greg um to get an ex no, when they go to meet uh Hugh to get an explanation, she's she carefully puts those blades of grass on her skin Mm, and it almost looks like cuts. And when she and when she passes it on, when she passes it on to Greg she's not there is she you know if you if you think about the sex scenes in this when she has sex with Hugh in the car it's it's even even with Hugh who's passing it on it's quite it's quite um there's affection there there's little kisses on on the head there you know it doesn't Hugh doesn't look like he's trying to just do it and and get away and when when Jay and um, Paul have sex at the end there's intimacy there as well Mm -hmm. and there's a bond but with Greg, she was just, she was not there. You know, she was Mm -hmm. doing it just to kind of recover, to get something away. And it felt a bit to me like that. There was trauma there everywhere. Yeah. And is it some kind of you're passing on trauma, you're living with trauma? I don't know. Yeah, I think that
2: kind of gets back to like what I was saying, where it's like there's this really special thing. And now because of what's happened to her, it's something she fears and it's not something she can Mm -hmm. even really enjoy. And when it should be something you should, comfortable with you should be okay with and she clearly is just doing it to essentially like get it over with you know and yeah it's 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 horrible but like what i really got from this viewing just because it is so upsetting is after she has sex and she's with with you in the car and she's just so okay like i did it and like kind of not like proud of herself but like happy with herself and she's just kind of like daydreaming And then this terrible, horrifying thing happens to her where he puts the chloroform like and it and just kind of was one of those things where it's like I I don't mean to be like as as a woman, but it is you know, it is really scary like out there. Even if you're not having sex with somebody, like if you're in a parking garage by yourself, it's terrifying sometimes. And it just makes me sad that like we just live in a world where when you're a woman, you know, it's it's a little bit scarier than if you're a guy if that makes sense
0: no a lot scarier isn't it mm-hmm. i mean i'm not a woman but i i can totally understand where, you, where you're coming from because that you've, you've actually the most vulnerable you could possibly be in in that moment yeah. aren't you and you and the trust was there and even though god i mean even though he's he's probably like the most gentlemanly um bad guy or whatever in the history he's he's trying to sort of explain you've got this is i'm trying to help you blah 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 but he still has given her a bad curse and chloroformed her and strapped her yeah, to yeah and he tear. goes
2: by like he goes about it in such a crazy chaotic crazy. way that mm-hmm. i don't know i will say though like the first time i watched this i couldn't laugh at anything because i was so like traumatized and scared mm-hmm. but it is really funny on this rewatch when they do find him and his name is jeff and they're all sitting around in a circle and he's like, We shouldn't even be this close to each other. And then this girl starts walking. And he's like, Do you see that girl? Do you see that girl? And they're all like, Yeah. And like it is really, really funny, just like that that yeah. scene. And I like that there is like little pieces of humor. And it's it's nice that you can laugh about it once you finally calm down um watching yeah. this movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, why didn't they beat the crap out of Jeff? That was the one thing I couldn't understand. It's like they're like I mean the guy chloroformed her and gave her this thing knowingly i would have been like let's beat the crap i think you know, right, like- <laughs> what
2: their top priority was like let's help our friend
1: yeah and that's what one of my notes is like the friends were amazing in this they were like mm-hmm. super supportive they didn't believe her but they were always around by her side they were always there making sure she's okay sleeping with her like in her room making sure she's good. Okay. i thought the friends were so great but like thinking that it, this was an undercover mix um and trying to figure out how, how, where the dirk angle I thought what was going to happen was this is like the, you know, the horror that's going through. And I thought Jeff, the character, he was going to be this guy. I was like enough of this. Let's, let's catch this thing. I'm going to give it to you, but we're going to, I'm going to work with you and we're going to go undercover and we're going to like figure out who we're not going to see this entity and we're going to try to catch it. That's what I thought it was, but he just straight up like a her, and like they had to go find her. I mean, I, it just took me for a loop. It, it is a try that that trauma note was pretty deep because I think it is like you don't see. I forgot about the mom, but other than the it characters, you really don't, there aren't any grown-ups around at all. Even when the cops show up later, like at different times, there are no grown-ups around at all in this whole movie. And it makes it feel very isolated and alone.
0: The only grown-ups you see uh, later become the entity. If you see a grown-up's face in this movie, mm-hmm. it be- it will become that at some point. I think he's is is you do finally after
2: like after Jay wrecks the car when she's trying to get away from everybody, you do see her Mm -hmm. mom at the hospital, but she's passed out sleeping. That's it. Mm -hmm. But the mom is cares enough to go to the hospital to check on her so yeah well well that was my
0: theory but i did look it up and to see what the general Mm. theory is want me to share it with
1: you yeah i think it's yeah Yeah. i think it's important yeah
0: so um one of the, the common one of the common overriding theories is it's about mortality and a bit about what you were saying marcy at the beginning how she loses her innocence and how there's an element of once you start having sex you've moved from childhood to adulthood and once you're in adulthood it's just a slow creep to the grave <laughs> wow. and and so you know the very first entity that comes for jay is the old woman in a hospital gown so it is old age that's coming for her wow. and so and but and so this is this is the thing with the sex so this is a quote well a paraphrasing But this is from the director. He says, love and sex are ways we can at least temporarily push death away. (laughs) So the act of, so so by having, you know, by actually they're not, it's almost like you're not giving someone else the curse. You're you by sharing in a moment with someone, you're actually saving yourself a little bit more Mm than, does does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's one of the theories anyway.
2: I like that. Um,
0: And there was, there's the you know then there's a thing that backs that up a little bit when yara's in the hospital at the end who's the friend who's with the shell phone and she's reading a book she reads Mm. an extract from from the book that she's been going on about and it basically says it the the worst thing is is not is not the pain of death or the worst thing is knowing that you will die Mm -hmm. or something like that it's not the actual act of it it's knowing that in 60 minutes 30 minutes ten minutes, it will you will end and you will cease to exist. Um and so it's that idea about kind of and again at the end, we haven't talked about the end, but Paul and Jay are walking hand in hand. Jay had sex with Paul. Paul did these probably did the most smartest decision and had sex with a prostitute because that thing is going to then get around and hopefully put a bit of distance between them. But as we see them walking hand in hand, we we've got in the background we do see someone slowly walking towards them and i guess the idea is that you can never escape death it is always it is always Mm -hmm. coming um, for you slowly and you just gotta gotta live your life and enjoy it and embrace the love as best you can Mm -hmm. so that's that's a that's a popular theory wow about what's going on in this movie and
2: and that's the mic dropping
0: (laughs) yeah well it's not my theory i know but it was just really
2: well said (laughs) so i really appreciated Mm -hmm. that Thank you
1: part of me also think there is something about sex and love and that she has maybe sex with for the wrong reasons with the wrong guys and paul's a guy that's really loves her and even with like her whole history he still wants to be with her and he still is going to love her and he still wants to have sex with her and when most people probably be like Quote unquote, you're, you've been used up and like you're, I don't want what you have kind of thing. And there's nothing you were offering that that I want. It's more about part of
2: adulthood though, too. Like you have to realize the person you're with has slept with other people and either you can accept Mm. it or you can be, I am not accepting this, which is like, well, that's everybody. So Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know who you're going to date that hasn't done that (laughs) with someone else, but good Mm. luck uh, finding that. But I think that's just like, you know, we are with people. And it's like the past is the past and Mm -hmm. we just have to accept the now and we have to move on. And if you're really serious about this relationship, then that stuff doesn't matter if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So I think that's important to have that too.
0: I think those are fantastic points, Mikey Marcy. Do we just, this is just,
2: we just, are we having like, are we teaching a sex ed class right now? Maybe.
1: Maybe we're just playing this movie. <laughs> listen, sell, Is I this a TED talk? Is this a TED talk?
2: One, don't sleep with Greg's. And two, listen to the rest of the
1: episode. <laughs> uh, I just have to say, this whole thing we have to do, that this does not fit an undercover mix. I'm sorry, Dirk. I love you. What? Listen, undercover means you are posing as somebody else to kind of play this role and trick people. And to think, believing you're somebody else, these people who are possessed by the it, they are naked and standing on roofs there's nothing undercover about them you know they're the monsters.
2: I just want to say bravo because this was a fair game movie we saw naked women and we eventually saw a real naked penis and I know there was a a lot of bush and it was kind of hard to see but I saw it so just
0: (laughs) I was about to say Marcy it was almost equal but it was from a distance and there was a lot of pube hair wasn't there but it was and as well it was like I think the things like that that I caught on like the second or third Watched. So that's the granddad. That's Jay's granddad mm-hmm. on top of the roof, yeah. and it was Jay's dad. So all those little things just make it more awful. Oh, right god! That's yeah. what I mean. There's it your could've... dad. There's your granddad with his willy <laughs> out on the roof. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, we were talking about how you said at the beginning, Marcy. It scared you less this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it scared me less because it kind of knew the mm-hmm. ending. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew the ending, and I knew. Okay, I know how this finishes. But, so that took a little yeah. bit of the sting out of it. But I still. St- still was freaked and still oh, yeah. got the goosebumps. Actually,
2: can I say, and, oh, I'm on. sorry. I'm so sorry. But one nope. one thing, number one thing you do when you watch a horror movie is you are literally either internally or externally yelling, why would you do that? Why are you doing that? <laughs> so whenever the window breaks and Paul's mm. like, I'm going to go check up on your sister and Jay goes into the direction where the window broke. Oh,
0: my goodness. Jay.
2: Jay jay
0: did she? Why? did she not know she was walking in slow motion? J,
2: <laughs> J, what jay. are you doing? <laughs> like, but I love, I love horror movies for like those moments where you're like, and it kind of helps, like, relieves your stress and your tension, and you're like, "What are you doing, you idiot?" Yeah. And it's so much mm-hmm. fun, especially mm-hmm. when you're watching a horror movie with a group of people, and like you're all collectively yelling that at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's a good time.
0: I thought I was slightly immune to it. But I was still goosebumping and I still was like unsettled. I thought, I'll be all right. I'll I'll go to bed. But no, I had to get up. I had to get up in the night and just check the house because I heard a few floorboards creaking. And Mm. I thought, oh, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to check this. Otherwise, (laughs) I'm just going to think this bloody thing's going to walk the door (laughs) any minute. Oh, God. So it again got to me yeah mikey just to draw a line under it we'll stop talking in a second but did it scare you yes or no
1: legit chills down my spine on Mm. certain parts yeah yeah and i had all the lights it was in daytime i couldn't watch this at night um (laughs) yeah this was my first time and i had no idea which direction it was go even when i thought like oh this is what's going to happen something else happened which i liked
0: sometimes when we talk about movies um together i don't know well, I say sometimes, I think most of the times when we talk about movies together, I always end up loving the movie even mm-hmm. more, and that's that, mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely an example of that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, good pick. Yeah,
2: thank you. It's a, but, it's a cathartic experience, you know, sharing mm-hmm. these and talking about them. It is, though. It really
0: is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But speaking of catharsis, what was... <laughs> What we do now, both me and Marty did a little shoulder (laughs) dance at the same time without meaning to, um, is we pit our song choices that we associate with this movie or made us think about this film. All because, yes, we are the movie mixtape and we are making a mixtape of movies. But holy heck, let's make a mixtape of songs along with it. And this was from uh, an idea from Ron, the uh, co-host of Real Latinos and the host of Needle Drop podcast, who gave us this idea way back then and we've run with it ever since. And if you go in our show notes, you'll be able to find the link to our Spotify playlist of all our
1: previous Choice Real Latinos episode fifty just dropped. Amazing! Congrats! Ooh, congrats. They
2: you. might be uh, more. Yeah. They might be ahead of us now. But congrats, Real yeah, Latinos! Almost ahead of us. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, if you pay attention to your podcast feed soon, there may be a Marcy appearance on a needle drop <laughs> episode <laughs> potentially <laughs> in the next. Few weeks maybe. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Maybe. <laughs> Marcy oh, yeah, doesn't know how am I supposed to know? Beautiful. Who wants to go first? Me.
2: I'll just go first. Marcy. Okay. You okay. So uh this is actually one of the first songs I ever say uh sang to you. <laughs> I didn't sing to you. I shared with you, Dirk. I don't know if you'll remember it <sighs> or not, but the title of this song just Made me think of the entity in this movie. There really aren't any lyrics in the song, but just the title. Um, I went with Hungry Ghost by Hooray for the Riff Raff. It's great, yeah, because it, it, it is a hungry
0: ghost, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Pretty much, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's an instrumental, is it?
2: It's no, there's lyrics, but what <sighs> I guess, like, if you want to like further on my choice of it, it's it's like this song that just came out a couple years ago, but it could fall into like I, I like in multiple decades, kind of like this movie, mm-hmm. so kind of mm-hmm. like the same theme. Yeah. There's a couple lyrics nice. that you could maybe applied to the movie i don't really think so i don't know you'll have to like re-listen to it or whatever but i just love the hungry <laughs> ghost title and uh, yeah it's perfect it's for this so
0: yeah
1: beautiful thanks marcy mm-hmm. mikey a couple times it was mentioned in this episode which i thought was funny because the title of my song is called creeping death by my favorite band metallica from off the album ride the lightning (laughs) creeping death these monsters coming towards you these it's the song's about like uh some bible thing of where the firstborn kids in egypt die sorry i don't know my bible too well but creeping death is definitely a feeling i got from this movie It's
0: funny, that was like the main theme that Dirk found. that was the meaning of this movie? Yeah, exactly.
1: Mikey, hitting the nail
0: on the head. We've all kind of gone for songs about the actual... (laughs) All gone for songs about the actual entity, I think, really, because mine is Mm. about the entity as well. Mm. Um, And it it, um, is drawn from the scene when the it has gone and killed Greg. Jay's gone into the house, seen it happen, and has run out of the house. And immediately after the it has killed Greg, the it just turns around and starts going for Jay. So, like, it doesn't stop. He doesn't go, he doesn't sit down and read a newspaper and have a little rest or eat a hot dog. It just keeps going. Because <laughs> you know what? There ain't no rest for the wicked. Oh,
2: my God. And that's
0: the, and that's the name of the song I oh. picked uh by Cage the Elephant.
3: <gasps>
2: Like one of my favorite bands that I, I don't think we've Whoa. ever maybe I did
0: maybe I did Marcy
2: I don't think we've ever talked about well, them before I no, didn't I even did. know you listen do you listen to them a lot just I'm sorry I just now have to know or
0: just that album just that one okay. album with um, that was was that their first mm-hmm. one or their that second was their one? first single first one. too
2: yeah
0: it was it was relatively big over here. It, was, it was not big, was, big but they were on TV shows and bigger. that's where I picked them up mm. yeah. I looked them on Spotify they like get a lot of listeners so I they're, love I really do
2: they're their um newer stuff I think is even better than their first album. But we'll we'll Well, well Marcy,
0: maybe I'm gonna listen okay, to them. I eh? will
2: send you some songs. Just edit this all out.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. So yeah, if you wanna to listen to our playlist, uh look in the show notes, click the link. But also go over to our Instagram page, which you can find at the underscore movie mixtape, because on the weekend after this show drops, you can go on our Instagram stories. Uh, and there'll be a little poll to vote for which one of your favourite Amasi Marcy? Two shows in a row. Victorious. Two shows in a row. They call a two time. Marcy two time. <laughs> let's see. let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But <laughs> well, that's also where you'll get to see all of Mikey P's amazing show art. <laughs> Mikey you're doing the show art, looking so good. <laughs> Thank you, Mikey P. How is that going?
1: I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to this. I you? Yeah. Mm. A lot of choices.
2: Just a shell. He can't just draw so a phone. landscape and be like, you can't yeah, see it. Exactly. Only the curse <laughs> can <Yeah>. see. <laughs> it's
0: like evil, where's Waldo, isn't it? Like, <laughs> which one yeah, is That's it? a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, it's like a Mondo print. But, I can. <laughs>
3: oh.
0: but, yeah, but check out Mikey Pizza on our Instagram. It's so beautiful. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to engage with us a little bit more, And you can write to us. Our email address is themoviemixtapepod at gmail.com. And I'll just check because I think we
1: do have an email this week. Tell us your Halloween costume, too. Just drop that in there. No, I thought you meant me. Mikey's. (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant our listeners.
2: (laughs) All
0: our (laughs) listeners. I've got an email and it's from Tim Hamilton. No, Tim. Tim. Sorry. Only you can say that, Massey. <laughs> it goes like this. Oh, Tim, I've just noticed Tim's put his uh, phone number on the bottom of this email. Do
2: <laughs> oh, uh, not say that, Tim. Put that Tim. in my um, phone. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're sitting off my asthma, YouTube. <laughs> Here's the email just started listening to your notorious episode, mm-hmm. only to find you are stealing all of my Nazi joke <laughs> material. <laughs> uh, uh, stay in your lane, mixtape people. Love the non-Nazi portion of the show, Tim. <laughs> they <Tim.
2: laughs>
0: do have a lot of jokes about Adolf Hitler <laughs> on uh, Sedi Bimco. <laughs> it, seems to, it seems to be a recurring theme. I... Uh, w- I think like questions like which one of these characters would name their cat Adolf Hitler oh and things, and oh things God. like that go regularly on the Sadie Bimko oh podcast. God. If you want, if you want more Nazi jokes, <laughs> go over and listen to Sadie Bimko part two, the revenge. Yes. That is the full name of that podcast, that Tim Hamilton, who is an actual world renowned, not mm-hmm. like Trevor Noah, who's oh only known in America. God. Tim Hamilton is, World-renowned cartoonist. Mm-hmm. For you heard of this magazine, The New Yorker. You heard of him? <laughs> you heard of them? He's in that. He's in that sometimes, and he's also got some uh books out.
2: Okay, I I want to make a movie recommendation for Go Tim. On. Tim, I know you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's World War II related, and uh, I think it heavily inspired some of Inglorious Bastards. But there's a movie called To Be or Not to Be from 1942. And uh, it is a very funny World War Two movie, but you know you can get some good Nazi jokes out of out of that movie. So please watch that, Tim. I think <sighs> you'll enjoy it a lot.
0: You you have just given him material for the next six episodes on <laughs> <laughs> said Bimpel po- par- Part Two: The Return, Tim, The Revenge. He has a origin. great sense
1: of humor too. And speaking of like Halloween theme, he had uh, one of his cartoons he did recently. What that I laughed out loud was uh, it was Frankenstein's scene. And then the wife's coming downstairs. She's like, no, 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 no! you're not going to start a new project before you start another one or something like that. <laughs> I just thought it was so
3: good.
1: He's good.
0: He's, he's giving away bloody um, Tim Amell and drawings on his podcast. So if you want to get quids in and listen to that, you just have to email him with the answer to a question, which I can't remember the question off the top of my head. But well, they're giving away. Mm. But thank you, Tim. Listen, you don't have to be a world-famous cartoonist to write into this show. It doesn't you know we it doesn't even help Tim just does it because he's so he's so great so great you can email us our address is the movie mixtape pod at @gmail.com and we're almost done for you we're almost done <laughs> but all there is to do now is to find out what Mikey P the inventor of the undercover mix is going to pick <laughs> for his movie next episode Mikey mm-hmm. P what are you going to pick
1: to return to our undercover mix. One of the reasons I thought about uh, this mix, because uh, I do love this theme, and we had watched Wolf of Wall Street, and I was feeling good. I was enjoying it, and I was like, you know, there's a movie coming out by these two coming out soon. One of my favorite movies, uh, one of my favorite movies, it's just like fun bonkers, that fits this undercover mix perfectly. What I was thinking about when I picked this mix, we are going to do, Martin Scorsese, Leo DiCaprio, The Departed. The Departed. The
0: Departed? Mikey, I would never have predicted.
2: <laughs>
0: How
3: did he know was
1: gonna
2: be your pick. Mikey was like, Oh, yeah, Marcy said she liked this one, so I have to have her Marty Redemption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what this was exactly. all about.
1: <laughs> yeah, and to celebrate Killers of a Flower Moon coming out. Thank Yeah, beautiful.
0: I've never seen this movie.
1: It was-
2: <laughs> you want to talk about needle drops? Get ready, buddy. That's all I'm Whoa, gonna say. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's got a bit of Led Zeppelin in, is it? Um, Dropkick
2: Murphy. But- <laughs>
1: As <laughs> everybody said,
0: I, I just showed my, uh, Mikey the DVD mm. that I've got of it that was purchased in 2003 or whenever it, it came, came out, out in 2006. Yet to be, so it was purchased in 2007, <laughs> yet to be watched. Is this like the yet prestige? <laughs> <laughs> oh mm-hmm. my god. Mm-hmm. And it's a DVD, it's not even a Blu ray. That didn't exist. Mm. Okay, this I, was the I, best Oh, oh my god.
2: I, should, I only have the departed on DVD too. I should have <laughs> brought my. <laughs>
0: But look at look at that. It Mm. is a two disc set.
2: Whoa. Probably because it
0: lasts seven hours, doesn't it? And it's on (laughs) three and a half hours in each one. (laughs) I cannot wait (gasps) to watch this. I'm excited. Mm. Bit of Scorsese Mm -hmm. redemption Mm -hmm. for Marcy. I haven't watched Mm it in a
2: while, Mikey. I'm very pumped. I I I do love this movie. It's very exciting. So Thank you.
0: Beautiful. Can't wait. Can't wait. So join us next episode as we do Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon. In the departed. Ciao for now.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> you suckers.
2: You gotta be Do, creep. it? Oh, oh,
0: does anybody else see that girl in the yellow dress? <laughs>
2: Oh my God, I would Mm -hmm. bitch slap you if (laughs) I Mm -hmm. could, sir.